Hey there. We're Megan, Lauren, and Lindsay. We're three teacher advocates who've been where you are and know what you're going through. We believe that teachers are as important to the education system as the curriculum, and our goal is to support you as a teacher and a person. This is everything your teacher prep didn't prepare you for. Welcome to Real Teaching 101. Hello, teacher friends. You have Megan and Lauren here from Real Teaching 101. No Lindsay today. She's out being festive. (laughs) She's being cool. She's traveling. I'm all about staying home right now. I also just wanted to paint a picture quickly for the people of Lauren's ensemble that I'm looking at through Google Meet right now. It appears as though you're wearing a blanket with a hood. Is this correct? Other than your head, I cannot see any body parts. You are correct. I am wearing a wearable blanket, but it is not a Snuggie. I repeat, not a Snuggie. This is what's called a comfy. You can't see the label, but it's here. It even has like a kangaroo pocket. So why are you so violently against the Snuggie? Because the Snuggie looks like you're going to worship like the land of the unicorns. It's a very cult looking, don't you think? You know what? I don't think I have a good mental picture in my mind of what it looks like even. Oh, no, I'm going to have to show you a picture of okay. Snuggie. Okay. Mean, this is well. This is taking well, a turn. Okay. Well, Lauren is Googling Snuggie pictures to send me. Um, I do want to point out that this is going to be like a nice, short, sweet, quick episode just to hold you guys over through the Christmas holidays. Now, I was thinking, hmm, like I love the podcast My Favorite Murder, and whenever they do their short episodes, they call them mini-sodes. And I was like, oh, what's something like clever that like you know, is like short and sweet and fast for teachers. And I was like, oh, well, prep periods. What goes by quickly? Your prep period. So we can maybe view this as like, you know, here's your tiny bit of prep. Quick, go to the bathroom, make that copy. And before you know it, your kids are going to be back. I love that. That's so cute. I was thinking mini lesson, but I think prep period is way better. (laughs) Mini lesson sounds far too educational for the educational podcast. (laughs) And who would want that? Who would want that? Do you have a Snuggie picture for me? I, I do. So what I'm noticing with the Snuggie is just like the collar-ish. Is that what you're pointing out? It is. And it's like the draping of it. And then I just feel like it's very much looks, looks like people cult- who, cult-ish. who go to cults have yeah. that. Whereas this one up here, like that's more like what I'm wearing. Okay. Not like a cult. The Snuggie. Okay. Yours doesn't go down to your feet? Oh, no. That would be okay. far okay. too culty. <laughs> All right. Well, I then 100% I am agreeing with you. So what is it again? The comfy? It's called the comfy. And it comes in a variety of different colors. Mine just happens to be this like lumberjack flannel. I like it. And I kind of dig it. And it's available on Amazon. And I at first balked at this gift that I got. I was like, what is somebody thinking buying me this? And then I tried it on and I was like, hmm. Who gave you that as a gift? It may or may not have been one of my parents. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was curious to see if like it was like a student or a student's family who gave that to you. If you are interested in reading or viewing anything about like ridiculous teacher gifts, I have to recommend the Teacher Misery Instagram account. I'm pretty sure she also has a website. This time of year, she does post really, really hilarious teacher gifts. Like the amount of negligees I think that people accidentally give teachers. I don't even know if I should say accidentally. Perhaps it's on purpose. 
Yeah. I've never received an intentional negligee from somebody, so I would like to hope that they were accidental negligees. Accidental negligee playing Coachella this year. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess what would be better? I guess it would be better if it's an accident. Like maybe like a little kid just grabs it and thinking like, it's like Buddy the Elf when he sees like, oh, for someone special, that kind of thing. So now I have a follow-up question. Husband, okay. orchid, welcome party, or accidental negligee? I'm still going to stick with welcome party. I mean, I, I would kill the orchid. There's a chance I'd kill the husband. And then why need the negligee? It seems cold. I'd rather have the comfy. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we added comfy to the list, it would win every time. That is clearly the reason you become a teacher. I do feel like we should point out this podcast is not sponsored by Comfy, but if it would like to be, we are very open. All right. Should we transition <laughs> into the topic that we had originally decided that we were going to do for this little prep period episode? Yes, please. Because if not, we're possibly this will just become a full length episode and I don't have anything prepped for that. So we thought we would talk a little bit about grading because we know it's winter break and that's like the farthest thing from your mind. But it's always one of those things to have like back pocket strategies because if you let it, grading will take up hours and hours and hours of time only to then be given back to your students crumpled into a ball and thrown in the trash. So we don't want all of your hard work to not be meaningful, but we also want it to be meaningful for the students. Now, as teacher advocates, I do feel like one thing we are always striving to do with this podcast is making your lives easier for those people who are either currently in the classroom or perhaps almost close to being student teachers, whatever, in the classroom. And I feel like grading is one of those things that, boy, oh boy, can it get on top of you, just kind of pile on out of nowhere. And I don't know about you, Lauren, but like for a really long time, I was definitely that teacher who was bringing all of the papers home only to be too exhausted to then bring them back. Like it's like when you put clothes or like old things in your car to drop off at the thrift store and you just drive them around for like three months before you actually go and drop them off. That's how I felt about some of my grading stuff. Like I was just traveling with me back and forth, this constant thing, like physically and, you know, mentally weighing on me. Now I'm interested to see and hear what you share. Cause I think you and I have different perspectives. I am in awe of middle school teachers and high school teachers who have hundreds, not even kidding of students that you are responsible for grading and assessing. So I'd love to hear your little tidbit. And then I thought I could kind of share a bit about little kid grades and like the standards-based grading that is happening now. For sure. So in my experience, I was like you too really early on where I graded everything. And then I tried to be really nice and give like partial credit. And then I was doing like really weird math to and I just thought, no, this is this is for me and it's not for you. At the end, it'll be all like, this is me trying to be nice. And really, you're like, what is a 9.78? <laughs> oh, goodness. Anyhow, so I abandoned that fairly quickly. And one of my go-to strategies that I like to do, well, two, is one, assign more than you grade, but don't grade more than you assign. It's kind of like this weird bass backwards thing, but it's the idea that like practice over time can be really helpful and you're giving practice. So that way, when you actually go to grade something that's like an assessment or a project, then they've had ample enough time to, to practice with it. And the other thing is to grade 
intentionally. So if you have like a worksheet or something, let things build up and then grade like the big thing at the bottom. So that way you're not grading the stuff that was like the foundational, like need to know comprehension stuff, but then you're grading the paragraph that's the analysis or the synthesis. So that's my two tips, which is, again, to assign more than you actually grade. So that way you're getting practice for progress and two, to grade the one meaningful, most important thing. Well, I love that you said meaningful because that's what I was going to point out too, is like stick with things that are meaningful. And when we started kind of texting back and forth about this topic and it was like, okay, like share some of like my favorite grading, I guess, hacks in a way. Um, don't is what I was going to say. And I don't mean don't grade anything ever. Obviously, that's that's not an option. And I was thinking about the people who have to have a certain amount of grades because I've been that person, I think you and I both yeah, have. Me too. Where, yeah, where, where um, you know, you are required to have X amount of grades per this subject kind of thing. And that can be difficult because then I think it takes you out of looking for what is most meaningful. And it's more like you're looking for numbers. And it's more of that, like, not quality over quantity, but it becomes, you know, quite exactly the opposite. So my advice was going to be, don't waste your time with like, the little fluff things. You do not look like a better teacher because you have 15 graded assignments. You know, it would be more meaningful if you had five really worthwhile things that showed mastery of the standard. What you're doing is supposed to be showing, okay, who has mastered this thing? And whether that's with standards grades, standards-based grades, or with percentages, that's what you're going for. We all should be taking that less is more approach. I've had to do both types of grades. I've been in elementary schools that students receive the traditional like ABCD grades with percentages. Currently, we have standards-based report cards. And I kind of have a love-hate relationship with them because I think it's a lot of information. They take a super long time. Uh, it's a lot of information for parents to digest, especially if you know, their entire lives, they're used to just looking for that that one letter grade. However, I think it does a much better job of explaining the student's actual progress. But I think my advice for people who, with any type of grading, is to keep the evidence for what you are giving that student. So what I like to do with my standards-based report cards is I have a portfolio of all of my students and I keep evidence supporting to what I'm trying to say. So if a, a parent comes back and says like, well, why did they get this? We use like AE approaching expectations, meeting expectations, that kind of thing. I can say, oh, well, let me show you. Here is X, Y, and Z. And I don't want people to go too far with this and make copies of everything. That's not what I mean. Again, it's a pick your battles, choose the things that really point out either mastery or that that student needs, you know, additional support and that will affect their grade. And then my other big thing was rubrics. How do you feel about rubrics? Oh, goodness. I have a love-hate relationship with them, to be completely honest. I love that they're very objective. And for that reason, it can make grading kind of easy. But at the same time, there's always been a moment where I'm like, you know, I want them to be in one side and then I have to be like, no, the rubric says this, they have to be there. And sometimes I feel like rubrics don't 
measure the amount of effort that a child has put into something. And I'm always like, there's always something missing from a rubric. It's never the perfect thing that I always want. And I've tried a variety of different variations on them and still haven't found something that I love. But I do help that they're kind of going back to your point of like, well, why did I earn this score? You can always point to like, well, it's here in in this. But I do feel like there still is no perfect rubric. So if somebody's got a rubric idea, I want to hear it. Well, and I think what you pointed out right now is like, there is not a perfect solution, no matter what your process. If you have to go for X amount of grades in your grade book, if you have to have a certain percentage, I've been in schools where you're not allowed to give below a certain point, all of those things make it really difficult. So if you're somebody right now who feels like you're under the weight of not ever feeling like you can catch up with grading, the best advice I think I can give is is to find the thing that works for you. And from my experience, it's a little bit of everything. My biggest tip, I think, is don't feel bad about just throwing things away. I call it ground filing. (laughs) Yeah, you do not have to grade everything. And you know what I've done, too, sometimes with assignments that are simply for practice? We used to call them do-nows, and I would have my students do them. We would go over them, and then I would be like, all right, just find them in the trash. And kids kind of looked at me like, you're making me throw my work away? Like, But I was like, because... You just learned exactly what you need. Are you really going to go back and hold on to this paper? Oh, no, I'm not. Okay, then. Throw it in the trash. It's okay to do that. And I think that that's something that, especially in like the grading world or in the teacher world, you feel like you have to hold on to it. It's like you need to be this hoarder of student mm-hmm. work. And that brings up the point is, do we have to have tangible paper, you know, maybe sometimes a project, but evidence that kind of way. I keep a lot of notes, especially with my small group reading. I've got binders, I've got kids in groups, I've got all sorts of stuff. So when it comes to writing report card comments or conferencing with parents, I can pull that up and and I guess back up the grade that I gave them or really be able to break it down for the parent, be like, this is exactly what they need to work on. Because, you know, every time we read in a small group, this is the issue, this is what we're working on in class, that kind of thing. And so sometimes I think there are going to be times where you as the teacher, you are the professional. And I don't think things always have to be written down. Maybe you guys use dry erase boards, maybe you keep running anecdotal notes. And it doesn't just have to be for reading groups either. There, there's a ton of different ways that you can assess the student progress. And I guess the biggest takeaway I would want someone to get from our little planning period here is not to feel guilty, less is more, quality over quantity. And if you are somebody who's in one of those positions where you have to have X amount of grades, maybe send us an email and we'll try to brainstorm between the three of us and try to figure out the best way to help you because that is our goal here. I like that so much. Can I add one more thing? Please. Being present in the classroom goes a long way. And I think you're demonstrating that when you're talking about I've got notes and I've got binders and so much of being able to speak to what kids can and cannot do is looking at them as people and the relationships that you cultivate with them, less of the paper that is coming back and the grade that is going there. So I would encourage people to also make a shift to really get to know their kids, not to say that there's people who don't know their kids, but that that really makes a big difference is having that relationship because then you can really speak to what they can do. Yeah. Relationships are huge. So add that on. Relationship and grading one thing at a time, grading one thing at a time, throwing things away. What did you call it? 
ground filing. Oh, ground filing. Yes, ground filing. And then, you know, meaningful. If there's any word we come back to, I would say make it meaningful. And I guess that wraps up our prep period. Boy, does that go fast just like in real life. Exactly. Well, everybody, I hope you got a bathroom break during this prep period. Maybe you ate a snack. Maybe you just stared at the wall because you know what? That's okay, too. We'll uh, be back in your ears soon. Thanks, everybody. Have a good break. Be restful. Don't grade too much. Take a nap. Go to the bathroom. Bye. Bye. Whenever you want. Before you leave us today, know that you're appreciated and we know you're doing everything you can. Let's stay in touch. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter at RealTeaching101 or email us at RealTeaching101 at gmail.com. This podcast is produced by Ambitious Ed. Thanks for listening today and we'll see you next class.